Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, a presentation of Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee, a servant of the Lord for over seven decades, culminated his ministry with a 21-year book-by-book exposition of the entire Bible, which he called Life Study. This Life Study is the basis for our program today and includes short portions of the spoken messages given by Witness Lee. Now, let's join today's program. The book of Proverbs is full of wisdom, but the real purpose of Proverbs is to cultivate our new man. Yet many people come to the book of Proverbs seeking wisdom to help them improve their old man, their natural life, to improve their self. But the problem is, no matter how much we improve ourself, we still, according to the Lord's word in Luke 17, 33, we need to deny ourselves. We need to take up our cross and follow the Lord. So at best, we're perfecting a self that we need to deny. But if we have the light and we see Proverbs in a proper way, we can see the benefit of the book of Proverbs is to help us to cultivate our new man. Today, this is uh, Matt Miller with John Pester, and we have our third of three special Proverbs programs where we're going to have a reading of some Proverbs for you from a study of Proverbs that Witness Lee did in the 1950s in Taipei, Taiwan, where he categorized the entire book of Proverbs into 72 categories and groups of Proverbs. John, we have a different program today, but I'm glad you're here to do this with me. Matt, I'm very glad to be here. John, I'd like to ask you, uh, before we get going and into this reading, let's talk a little bit about Proverbs. Well, I think, Matt, as has been mentioned in some of the previous life study programs, there's two ways to come to Proverbs. One is in an outward way of teaching, in a way of trying to cultivate our human character. And then there's another way of coming to Proverbs, which is to come to them in the way of the Word as our source of supply and nourishment. And in the course of nourishing us, they uh, expose us where we are before the Lord. And they also show us what we need to be in the Lord. And we realize we cannot make it in ourself and that we need the Lord as the supply of grace to help us reach these experiences and these realities. What Proverbs really does show is what a proper human character of a man living before God and living for God. But we cannot do this in ourselves. And that's why I appreciate that verse in Luke that says we need to deny the self. We can have a very, very good human character, but we still need to deny that human goodness and look to the Lord for the supply of life and grace so that we can be the reality of these verses in our genuine human experience. You hear a lot of verses today, and uh, some of the verses that touch me, one of the categories that Witness Lee talks about is the category of honoring our parents. And I think you can see that honoring of the parents in the life of the Lord Jesus. The Lord Jesus was a person in his human life. He honored his parents, but he did that honoring according to the grace of God, which was upon him. One of the Proverbs says that, listen to your father who begot you, 
and do not despise your mother when she is old. And I was reminded of the Lord's actions toward his mother on the cross. He's dying on the cross, accomplishing redemption for mankind. And he turns to John and his mother, and he essentially connects those two together and says to his mother, this is your son. And he says to the apostle John, this is your mother. And he takes care, and he honors his mother in her old age, and he provides for her. This is certainly uh, shows that the Lord had the reality of all of these deep points of proper human character from Proverbs, but he did so by the grace of God. Uh, At the very beginning of his life, it says he grew in wisdom and the grace of God was upon him. Here was a perfect man, the Lord Jesus, but he still needed to live according to the divine grace. And that grace is what enabled him to be a proper person and to exemplify and live out the reality of the teachings that are in Proverbs. We can try to work them out in ourselves, but we'll never be able to do that. We do need the grace of You know, that verse you're referring to, John, in Luke chapter 2, verse 40, it says, The little child grew and became strong, being filled with wisdom. I think that represents the divine side of Christ. He was filled with wisdom. But at the same time, it says, And the grace of God was upon him. Right. That means that as a human, the human side, he was a complete God, but he's also a perfect man. As the man, he still needed the grace of God to be upon him to be able to live a life on this earth. Well, Matt, I think you can even say that portion where it says he was filled with the wisdom of God. You can say, in some respects, this refers to and points to the fact that he was filled with the Proverbs of God. These are the books of wisdom. And the wisdom of God is, in fact, reflected in the book of Proverbs. But the way you access that wisdom is not by trying to do it in your own strength. The way you do that is with the grace of God that's upon you, with the supply of the divine life that is available in these same words of wisdom. But we need these words of wisdom to help cultivate our divine life. So that's why I read in the beginning a portion from the life study about Proverbs are helping us to cultivate our new man. Right. The new man needs to hear these Proverbs to be cultivated and to grow. Right. Let's go to that reading by Kerry Robichaud. Here he is. Because humanity is still here, the proverb is still needed. We all need the proverb. Okay. Carrie, would you come? This is message five, continuation of B, admonitions and teachings. Number 23, concerning the Lord's dealing with man. A, ordering man's steps. A man's steps are ordered by Jehovah. How then can man understand his own way? B, controlling man's heart. The king's heart is like streams of water in the hand of Jehovah. He turns it wherever he wishes. C. Weighing man's heart. Every way of a man is right in his own eyes, but Jehovah weighs the hearts. D. Giving justice to man. Many seek the ruler's favor, but justice for man comes from Jehovah. E. Giving victory to man. There is no wisdom, nor understanding, nor counsel that can avail against Jehovah. The horse is prepared for the day of battle, but victory belongs to Jehovah. F. Preserving man with his eyes. The eyes of Jehovah preserve knowledge, 
but he overthrows the words of the treacherous man. G. Concerning matters from man. It is the glory of God to conceal a matter, but the glory of kings is to search a matter out. Number 24. Dealing with the Lord. A. Fearing the Lord. Parenthetical 1. The reward of humility and the fear of Jehovah are riches and honor and life. Parenthetical 2. Do not let your heart envy sinners, but live in the fear of Jehovah all day long. Parenthetical 3. Blessed is the man who always fears, but he who hardens his heart will fall into calamity. B. Seeking the Lord. Evil men do not understand justice, but those who seek Jehovah understand all things. C. Waiting for the Lord. Do not say, I will recompense evil. Wait for Jehovah, and He will save you. <coughs> D. Trusting in the Lord. Parenthetical 1. So that your trust may be in Jehovah, I have made them known to you today, even to you. Parenthetical 2. A greedy person stirs up contention, but he who trusts in Jehovah will prosper. Parenthetical 3. The fear of man brings a snare, but whoever puts his trust in Jehovah will be exalted. E. Taking man's spirit as the Lord's lamp to search all man's innermost parts for him. The spirit of man is the lamp of Jehovah, searching all the innermost parts of the inner being. 25. Concerning dealing with parents. A. Whoever curses his father or his mother, his lamp will go out in deep darkness. B. Listen to your father who begot you, and do not despise your mother when she is old. C. Whoever robs his father or his mother and says, It is no transgression, is the companion of a man who destroys. D. Let your father and your mother rejoice, and let her who bore you exult. Number 26. Concerning dealing with others. A. To have respect of persons is not good, because for a piece of bread a man will transgress. B. The fear of man brings a snare, but whoever puts his trust in Jehovah will be exalted. 27. Concerning dealing with neighbors. A. Let your foot be seldom in your neighbor's house, otherwise he will become weary of you and hate you. <laughs> B. A man who flatters his neighbor spreads a net for his steps. C. Like a madman who shoots firebrands, arrows, and death, so is the man who deceives his neighbor and says, Was I not joking? <laughs> D. A man who bears false witness against his neighbor is like a club and a sword and a sharp arrow. E. Argue your case with your neighbor your, himself and do not reveal the secret of another, lest he who hears it revile you and the evil report of you does not go away. F. Do not remove the ancient boundary marker which your fathers have set up or go into the fields of the fatherless. 
for their Redeemer is strong. He will plead their cause against you. 28. Concerning dealing with the poor. He who gives to the poor man will not lack, but he who shuts his eyes will have many curses. B. Whoever closes his ear to the cry of the poor man also will cry and will not be heard. C. He who oppresses the poor to multiply his gain and he who gives to the rich will only come to want. Do not rob the poor because he is poor, not, nor oppress the afflicted in the gate. 29. Concerning dealing with evil men. Do not be envious of evil men, nor desire to be with them. Do not be incensed because of evildoers. Do not be envious of the wicked. 30. Concerning dealing with enemies. A. Do not say, I will recompense evil. Wait for Jehovah and He will save you. B. Do not say, I will do to him as he has done to me. I will render to the man according to his work. C. Do not rejoice when your enemy falls, and do not let your heart exult when he is overthrown, lest Jehovah see it and it displease him, and he turn away his anger from him. <laughs> D. If your enemy is hungry, give him bread to eat, and if he is thirsty, give him water to drink, for you will heap coals of fire upon his head, and Jehovah will reward you. This word is quoted and used by Paul in Romans 12. Mm -hmm. okay. 31. Concerning dealing with oneself. A. Like a city that is broken down without walls is a man whose spirit is without restraint. B. Blessed is the man who always fears, but he who hardens his heart will fall into calamity. 32. Concerning visions, where there is no vision, the people cast off restraint. Capital C, general words of wisdom. Number one, surely I am more stupid than any man and do not have a man's understanding. And I have not learned wisdom, nor do I have the knowledge of the Holy One. Who has ascended into heaven and descended? Who has gathered the wind in his fists? Who has wrapped up the waters in his garment? Who has established all the ends of the earth? What is his name? And what is his son's name, if you know? Number two, every word of God is tried. He is a shield to those who take refuge in him. Do not add to his words, lest he reprove you, and you be found a liar. Three, Two things asked for. Remove far from me falsehood and lies. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with the food that is my portion, lest I become full and deny you and say, Who is Jehovah? Or lest I become poor and steal and profane the name of my God. Four, do not slander a servant to his master, lest he curse you, and you be held guilty. Five, four detestable generations. There is a generation that curse their father and do not bless their mother. There is a generation that are pure in their own eyes and yet are not washed from their filthiness. 
There is a generation. Oh, how lofty are their eyes, and their eyelids are raised arrogantly. There is a generation whose teeth are like swords, and their jaw teeth like knives, to devour the afflicted from off the earth, and the needy from among men. 6. The leech has two daughters, crying, Give, give. There are three things that are never satisfied, indeed four that do not say enough. Sheol and the barren womb, the earth that is not satisfied with water, and the fire that does not say enough. Seven, the eye that mocks at his father and despises to obey his mother, the ravens of the valley will pick it out and the young eagles will eat it. Eight, there are three things which are too wonderful for me, indeed four which I do not know. The way of an eagle in the sky, the way of a serpent upon a rock, the way of a ship in the midst of the sea, and the way of a man with a maiden. This is the way of an adulterous woman. She eats and wipes her mouth and says, I have done no wickedness. 9. Under three things the earth quakes, and under four it cannot bear up, under a servant when he is king, and under a fool when he is filled with food, under a hated woman when she gets married, and a maidservant who is heir to her mistress. Ten. Four things are small on the earth, but they are exceedingly wise. The ants are a people without strength yet they prepare their food in the summer. The rock badgers are a people without might, yet they make their houses in the rocks. The swarming locusts have no king, yet all of them go out in ranks. The lizard can be grasped with the hands, yet she is in king's palaces. 11. There are three things that are stately in their step, indeed four which are stately in walking. The lion, which is mightiest among beasts, and does not turn back before any. The strutting cock, girded in the loins, or a male goat, or a king who has a band of soldiers with him. 12. If you have been foolish in exalting yourself, or you, if you have thought an evil scheme, put your hand upon your mouth. 13. For the churning of milk produces butter and the ringing of the nose brings forth blood. So the pressing of wrath brings forth strife. Very good. <laughs> Finish the message. Well, John, there's uh, a lot of Proverbs we've just covered. We've just concluded all 72 of these categories that Witness Lee had categorized back in the 1950s. And uh, I'd just like to give a concluding, summarizing word in just the last few minutes we have here. Why don't you go ahead and start? Well, I was struck in just in listening to these Proverbs as Carrie was reading them. I was struck how many of them refer the person back to the Lord or to Jehovah. Uh, Many of them speak about what Jehovah does, what Jehovah can do, what Jehovah will do if we allow him to do so. All of the Proverbs really speak to 
Jehovah as the source. And I appreciate that interjection that Witness Lee made about the one verse related to heaping coals of fires upon your enemy by giving them bread and water to drink when he pointed out that this is quoted in Paul in Romans chapter 12, which shows that there is an application in the spiritual realm to all of the deep truths that are present in each one of these words of wisdom. For Paul to use that proverb in the New Testament shows that there really is a New Testament application to the reality of that proverb when we come to the word and approach it in a proper way. Paul in chapter 12 is talking about the reality of the body life, and he says this is one of the ways that if we have the divine supply, this is one way in which we can maintain a proper attitude toward all the people that are surrounding us, both those in the body life and even those that are persecuting us. And so Paul's application of that one proverb shows that uh, we shouldn't just ignore these proverbs and, and regard them as something in the Old Testament, but we need to find the way to find the right balance in approaching these proverbs and making them applicable to us by having the word minister to us the divine supply so that we can carry and execute these out. We cannot uh, heap coals of fire and give bread and water to our enemies if we're not properly positioned in the body of Christ, for example. You know, John, one of the Proverbs that he quoted in his 31st uh, point here on dealing with oneself, he referred to Proverbs twenty-five twenty-eight, which says, like a city that is broken down without walls is a man whose spirit is without restraint. You know, when I was a young Christian, I was reading through the Bible, and, and this verse particularly jumped out, and I was, I was praying over this. I was convicted by the Lord. And so there's two reactions to that. Is one is, I'm going to try to get control, or the other one is, Lord, be my restraint. I'm like a city broken down without walls. Right. So in a sense, that helped to cultivate and build up my new man. You know, some people are quick, and they need to be under the restraint, but they don't have the ability to do it. So I just say that was an example that exposed me and led me to be more desperate in my prayer to the Lord and in my Christian life. Isn't that the purpose of the law, in a sense? I think you referred to this earlier, that the law is there to expose us and to show how short we are, that we can't come up to God's standard. And these Proverbs come right before the prophets. So here we are right at the end of, in a sense, of the law, because the Lord referred to the Old Testament as the law and the prophets. And these Proverbs are really almost an adjunct to the law to expose us and to show us how short we are of coming up to God's standard. They really do expose us where we are before God in his eyes and in his estimation, and they show us where we need to be in the Lord. And the reason we can't do it in and of ourselves is because we are constituted with the element of sin, and we do not have the capacity in our natural self to cultivate ourselves and make ourselves perfect. Paul says if the law had been able to make us perfect, righteousness would have been out of the law. But it's not out of the law because we have this element of sin within us, and we need the Lord as our our supply, and we need the Lord as our light, and we need the Lord as our life. Uh, I really appreciated this one proverb where the two things that the writer asked for, he says, remove far from me falsehood and lies. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with the food that is my portion, lest I become full and deny you and say, who is Jehovah? Or lest I become poor 
and steal and profane the name of God. In our human self, if we're poor or if we're rich, we have the capacity easily to be tempted to deny the Lord or to profane the Lord's name. And I appreciated the balanced attitude of that writer of that proverb. He realized his life is in Jehovah's hands. And Jehovah is his source, and Jehovah is his sustaining ability. He doesn't want to be rich. He doesn't want to be poor. He wants to be a person who honors the Lord and doesn't profane the Lord's name. And therefore, he looks to the Lord to arrange his situations, to keep him from the temptations that befall every human being. And so that's a really balanced view. Here is a person that realizes in almost any human circumstance that I'm in, I can fall short. And therefore, he looks to the Lord Jehovah as his source, as his supply, as his direction, as his sovereign arranger, so that he can be positioned to receive the Lord, be open to the Lord, be supplied by the Lord, and thus live out a life in which the self is denied and the Lord is elevated and exalted. Well, John, we've run out of time. Good program today. Thanks for coming in and joining me for it. Thank you, man. On behalf of John Pester, this is Matt Miller. Thanks for listening today. Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. These programs consist of excerpts from Witness Lee's spoken ministry, along with our discussion and comments, and all focusing on God's heart's desire that we would enjoy Christ as the divine life for man. There are more than 1,700 programs like this one available online free of charge that you can download, stream live, or add to your podcast subscription. Just visit our website, lsmradio.com. That's lsmradio.com. You can also reach us by email, radio at lsm.org. Thanks for listening today.